From Luke, Mary got up and hurried to a city in the Judean highlands. She entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. With a loud voice, she blurted out, God has blessed you above all women, and he has blessed the child you carry. While do I have this honor that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. Happy is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill the promises he made to her. Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then returned to her home. When the time came for Elizabeth to have her child, she gave birth to a boy. Her neighbors and relatives celebrated with her because they had heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy. This is the promise of God to our ancestors and to us. Thanks be to God.
Music like that, it's like you don't even need preaching. I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, The rest of our gospel reading also is Luke 1, Mary's song, often referred to as the Magnificat. Mary said, with all my heart, I glorify the Lord. In the depths of who I am, I rejoice in God, my Savior. He has looked with favor on the low status of his servant, Look, from now on, everyone will consider me highly favored because the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. He shows mercy to everyone from one generation to the next who honors Him as God. He has shown strength with His arm. He has scattered those with arrogant thoughts and proud inclinations. He has pulled down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty-handed. He has come to the aid of his servant Israel, remembering his mercy, just as he promised to our ancestors, to Abraham and to Abraham's descendants forever. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let us pray. God may known in the friendship of women, the word of greeting and unseen life and wound, give us the courage of the teenage mother who brings into the world a song of joyful revolt and a God who needs her love. Through Jesus Christ, the one who is to come, Amen. We see God in each other. I submit to you that is a radical statement, one that has been denounced and denied by the institutional church. Uh, The church has told us that we see God in Christ, in the scriptures, and in the sacraments, but not in each other. I mean, after all, if we told people that we see God in each other, they may not need the church anymore, and how would people like me get paid? So let's just not even go down that road. But the truth is, we do see God in each other, and you cannot suppress the truth forever. So who are the people who have seen God in you? See, we need other people to help us see in ourselves what we cannot see in ourselves. And today we pick up Mary's story where we left off two weeks ago. Mary had been told by the angel Gabriel the impossible, wonderful, and terrifying news that she would bear a child conceived by the Holy Spirit and that this child would be called the Son of God. He would take up David's throne and have an everlasting kingdom. And that may sound like, you know, encouraging news to you until you remember that Israel already had a king and his name was Herod and he's not keen on sharing power. And they already had a son of God at that time. His name was Caesar. And he had all the legions of the Roman army at his disposal. 
And so for an unwed teenage mother from Nazareth, how could you possibly hear this news and not be afraid? And so once the angel leaves, Mary takes a road trip over a hundred miles to see her cousin Elizabeth, who Gabriel said is pregnant in her old age. Now that's a long trip by foot or by hoof, but Mary was desperate. She couldn't do this on her own. While she had Joseph, Mary needed someone who could guide her through this impossible calling to be the mother of God. And it's upon her arrival that we realize that she's gone to (laughs) the exact right place. Hearing the voice of her younger cousin, Elizabeth's baby does a backflip in the womb head over heels. And Elizabeth is filled by the power of the Holy Spirit and she prophesies and she says, God has blessed you above all women and God has blessed the child that you carry. Why do I have this honor that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Now, in this culture, normally it's the younger people who bless and honor the older generations. But Elizabeth flips that cultural script and she blesses the younger Mary and she is honored by her presence. Have you ever been in the presence of someone who is so secure in who they are that being in their presence is an honor? Rowan Williams, the former Archbishop of Canterbury, spoke of what it was like to be in the presence of the now late Archbishop Desmond Tutu. Uh, William said of him that Tutu loved himself in such a way that it made it possible for you to love yourself as well. He said of being in Tutu's presence, it makes me feel that just possibly by God's infinite grace, I could one day love being Rowan Williams in the same way that Desmond loves being Desmond Tutu. I think something like this is going on in Mary's encounter with Elizabeth. Elizabeth is someone who is so secure in who she was that she didn't need to play the ego game of, well, Mary's the younger one and she's supposed to bless and honor me. No, Elizabeth sees Mary and all she speaks is blessing and honor. Elizabeth sees God in Mary something that Mary probably had a hard time seeing in herself. But Elizabeth could see it. And that gave Mary the courage to see God in herself as well. Last week, I told you that the most courageous thing that any of us can ever do is to trust that our core self is good, that our hearts are good. And that's true. But sometimes we have a really hard time seeing that for ourselves. Which is why the greatest gift that we can give to each other is to see in the other person what they cannot see in themselves, that God dwells in you. Now you might hear that and say, well, Joel, you're you're getting your categories confused (laughs) with Mary and the rest of us. She literally carried God in her in a way that none of us do or will. And I suppose that's true to a point. But nevertheless, God does dwell in you. 
whether you know it or not, whether you can see it or not. The Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians, don't you know that you are God's temple and God's spirit lives in you? Love that tone. Don't you know that? Like, did you, did you know that? <clears throat> that God's spirit lives and dwells in you? It's like, no, Paul, most days I don't know that. I need other people to see in me what I can't see in myself. I grew up in a family of overachievers. Uh, my father was valedictorian of his high school class. My mother was salutatorian. My older brother, my older sister, my younger brother, all valedictorians of their class. I did fine. But I wasn't in the top 10% of my class. I remember as a kid growing up feeling just not as smart as everybody else in my family. And I remember in fourth or fifth grade crying with my mother saying, I just can't get as good a grades as Nathan or Andrea. And I remember her stroking my back and saying, Joel, you can hold your own. I didn't even know what that meant. But I knew that it meant that she believed that I had what it takes. And I've never forgotten her words to me. They've taken me to some pretty cool places. I knew that she believed in me. And if she believed that about me, maybe I could believe it as well. She saw something in me that I couldn't see in myself. And seeing God in others is the greatest gift that we can possibly give. And boy, does that gift bear fruit. Upon hearing Elizabeth's blessing, Mary also takes on the role of prophet and she sings a song of liberation for her people. We imagine Mary as meek and mild, right? Even our, our opening carol calls her gentle Mary. I suppose Mary probably had some gentleness in her. She also had the radical voice of a prophet declaring that God has pulled down the powerful from their thrones, lifted up the lowly, God has filled the hungry with good things, and sent the rich away empty? Are you kidding me? Dietrich Bonhoeffer said of this passage, the song of Mary is the oldest Advent hymn. It is at once the most passionate, the wildest, one might even say most revolutionary Advent hymn ever sung. This is not the gentle, tender, dreamy Mary whom we sometimes see in paintings. This is that passionate, surrendered, proud, enthusiastic Mary who speaks out here. So here's how we think of Mary. Mary, the revolutionary. I like the sound of that. Last week we saw how Joseph modeled compassion over judgment for Jesus. And today we see that Mary models for Jesus God's special concern for the oppressed. That God is not content to leave our world the way that it is. When God's will is done, the hungry are fed, the sick are healed, and the oppressed are given their rightful place at God's table. And so Mary prophesies of the day of God's great leveling, when the poor are lifted up and the rich are brought down, not below others, but where each and every one of us are treated with the dignity and respect of the children 
of God. Elizabeth sees God in Mary. And that enables Mary to see God in herself. And then in doing so, she can see God in others as well. That's how it works. Sometimes we can't see the goodness that we bear, and it takes the eyes of another person to see in us what we cannot see in ourselves. So despite what anyone else has told you, despite what you may have told yourself, I see God in you. And the deepest thing about you, it's not your sin, it's your goodness. And you bear the image of God, which means that you too are blessed among all people. And it is an honor to be in your presence. Let's pray. God of yesterday, God of tomorrow, from the very beginning you gave us the gift of relationships. From the very beginning, you tucked us into communities. You wired us for connection. You made our hearts capable of love. Thank you. This gift of relationship has led us to people who lead us to you, and we are better for it. So today, we want to say thank you for our Elizabeths, for the people who have thrown open the doors for us, who revel in our joy, who point out your presence in our lives, and who are quick to affirm us and call us blessed. And those people come in many shapes and sizes. For some of us, the Elizabeths in our lives are family members, parents and grandparents, who have cheered us on along the way. For others, the teachers, coaches, neighbors, scout leaders, professors and counselors, we thank you for the gift they've given to us. And we can't forget the way that our chosen family, our friends and our partners have been like Elizabeth for us. These people have reminded us what love looks like in a hurting world which has pointed us back to you. This morning we pray for those who are hurting, for Aziz who is recovering from a serious accident, for Lane who is in the NICU with low glucose, for Patrick, for strength and healing, for Bruce, for a brother who is in the hospital healing from a painful procedure, and for a grandson being sent to places unknown. God, we ask for your help, for our loved ones, and help us to open our eyes even more. We want to see you in those who love us well and in those who don't. We want to see you in those whose coffee order we have memorized and those we've never talked to. We want to see you not only in those who are family, who look like us or think like us, but in those who come from very different places and positions in life. 
from generation to generation, you have left your fingerprints all over creation. So help us to be like Elizabeth, to see and celebrate glimmers of your good news in all walks of life. It is with hope that we pray in the words that Jesus taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you.